Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Bites podcast. I'm going to have to get used to saying that, Josh. Um, how are you? I'm very good, Sam. How are you? Yeah, very well. Very well. For those that are, are watching on YouTube, you'll uh, appreciate that we've come in full with Toro Clobber today. Uh, Josh is wearing the AS Monaco. What was that? Third kit? Second kit? This is the lovely, it's it's the lovely away, one. Is though. it the away jersey? I think it's the away it jersey. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's nice. I, yeah. Yeah, I want to get, uh, for those that like their football fashion, AS Monaco, do a long sleeve, quarter zip, red. Oh, beautiful. That, that's what I'm after. We'll have to keep retail sales going somehow, won't we, across the board? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep buying our own merch. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's talk about our topics for this week. Uh, and we caught up yesterday or the day before about what we were going to uh, discuss. And we thought... Let's let's focus on companies rather than and a macro event because obviously we've got the PCE coming out this week, which is the Fed's sort of favoured inflation metric. We could have gone there, but I think it'd be good to start off with BHP. Shout out to all the Aussies, uh, and we can go Nvidia, which has had an insane start to the year, uh, and then we'll talk about Meta Verified, which has been on, you know, the the. the, the been the main topic i would say in that world for the last three days some people are happy about it some people were bad so we've got to talk about it then how does that yeah. sound yeah no absolutely like you say i think the uh the meta verification did the rounds on on twitter funnily enough um yeah so i think some of the the, the big stories as we always do covered there sam yeah absolutely right before we we get into it then let's go quiz question for those that are following for the first time, welcome aboard the ship. We do a, a quiz question each week. Um, some people messaged me and said they're they're not from four. So hopefully this one they'll be able to, to get a little bit closer. Um, so of the, the G20 countries, so let me just name a few just in case people don't know. So Japan, Switzerland, EU, Australia, South Korea, Singapore, China, UK, Canada, US, India, et cetera, et cetera, South Africa, Russia. Okay. So of the G20 uh, countries which country for one point has the highest interest rate and then for your bonus point what is that interest rate so it's not uk but if it was you know you would say it's four percent for example or if you said us it'd be 4.75 so of the g20 what has who which country has the highest interest rate and what is it for two points now go through that at the back end of the poddy However, before that, we got three topics to get through and kicking off, we're going to review the earnings from BHP. Their earnings were 
released at the beginning of the week. So I appreciate a lot of people were listening to this all throughout the week. So this was, um, you know, uh, in the early part of the week. Um, and, I, and I guess going into this, investors were keen to see how, you know, inflation affected their profits, how commodity prices have affected their business and how demand in China and India is, is, is going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and we obviously had Rio out as well um, for those listening, whatever it was, Wednesday morning uh, in the UK, Wednesday evening in, in Australia. So obviously a stock listed on uh, both the UK and Australia market, but both had, had a similar fate. Um, and it's it's a tough start to, to the year for miners. And it was the biggest, it was the, you know, a tough start for, for the world's biggest miner, uh, in in BHP, their first half year profits fell by thirty two percent. Net income missed obviously market expectations by a pretty fair margin. Um, Rio Tinto the same underlying profit was down thirty eight percent, missing market expectations. And look, this is obviously coming down to China lockdowns. We've got inflation. We had decline in commodity prices. We had bad weather across Australia. All of that has sort of accumulated as a bit of a toxic mix for BHP and Rio, which has ultimately put earnings uh, under pressure. Um, the fall for profit for both of these names has naturally uh, seen their dividends decline. So for BHP, we've seen a fall of $1.50 a year ago to $0.90. Cents. And then for Rio, we've gone from $4.17 USD to $2.25. So that's almost half. Um, the big attraction for these companies is those, you know, is those uh is those dividends. BHP last year, you know, was paying in in, in excess of 11%. BHP investors were were very, very well rewarded last year. Um, they had, you know, a Woodside payout, um, which I think paid um I think it was sort of something like ten dollars a share. Um, again, with you know the 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 the, the uh, dividend there, it was a dollar fifty a share as well. Look, so so really really strong dividend numbers and some really strong payout ratios from from both of those names. And look, this is obviously, as I say, naturally going to disappoint investors. I don't think it will come as much as of of a surprise, given that they were expected to post declines and we were expected to see a cut to those dividends. Um, but again, it's still a pretty hefty di dividend cut, especially if we look at Rio uh, in that sense. But a couple of things for both these names, uh, for Rio and for BHP. We've had a poor first half year result for, for BHP. For, for Rio, it was a full year result for 2022. Inflation costs, I believe, should start to, to reduce, um, especially, obviously, in, in Australia, we're, we're probably going to start to see that come down. Labour issues, uh, which have been ultimately really, really tight here. Um, unemployment rate is near decade lows here in Australia. So affecting both those names should start to ease as well. And the biggest of all is, is commodity prices. They've started to, to sort of really rebound um, in the first sort of few months of this year, particularly, obviously, from China uh, as they sort of reopen and, and optimism grows. Uh, on that sort of, you know, property market recovering in China, that stimulus coming through from the Chinese government as well. So I think that could really help both names, uh, Rio in sort of its its first half results for 2023. And then uh, obviously uh, BHP going into the second half of the year of fiscal 23 as well here in, in Australia. So something to, to, to sort of really look at. And both, although they've had a weaker set of results, it's been a great stock 
to, to own. Um, for BHP, a total return of 32% um, in the last 12 months. Uh, for Rio, share price is up 20% in three months. Um, so it's they've been great companies to own, especially for these dividends. What I would say, though, is that these are probably stocks that investors probably don't want to marry, given that they do have a heavy reliance on commodity prices. But They've certainly been a great stock to date because they have really rewarded investors. So as we sort of see that natural cycle of commodities, you're not going to want to own these stocks forever necessarily. And don't get me wrong, there's absolutely no reason for, there's no issue with owning these stocks forever. Um, But we will always sort of start to see this natural decline as commodity prices do come off their high. Um, But as I say, rewarded investors recently, uh, and I think both of them have a big part to play you know, in the future of sort of that decarbonization when they focus towards things like copper and nickel, um, you know, and also lithium that they'll both, I think, play big parts in as well. They haven't yet, uh, but copper and nickel are going to be two commodities that are a focal point in in sort of that clean energy transition. Yeah, very good point about not getting married to your stock holdings. And I can speak from a messy divorce that I had with Sirius Minerals, the first ever individual (laughs) stock that I invested in, speaking of mining and all of that, uh, didn't go to plan. At one point it did, and I was planning the the retirement. And actually, speaking of retirement, Euro Millions was 78 (laughs) million last night, no text from me so still working uh unfortunately uh, or fortunately whichever way you want to look about it but no 78 million in my bank account anyway let's move on let's talk about nvidia who have had better fortunes this year than i had 2020 was good 2021 was even better not without their drawdowns however uh and then came 2022 where it uh came under a serious amount of pressure share price wise this year great start for their share price i mean when i was uh, looking at this yesterday was up 41%, which is you know phenomenal starts of the year. They had their earnings after the close on Wednesday. So if you're listening later on, we're going to base this section now around, well, how can we review their earnings report? What are we going to look at that might say, okay, this was good, or this was bad, or actually, I'm not going to make a decision at all. I think we could take a bit of a cue here from from AMD's results. Mm. Um, they they've already sort of come through and were were better than than expected. So I think that's a bit of a positive for investors sort of heading in. Um, but as you say, it's it's been a great start to the year. I think that's coming off very depressed levels. I think that's what we've sort of seen across this sort of broader sort of market rally that we've seen across those risk assets, right? Tech, crypto, etc. How much room do they have to run at this point? Are they going to sort of start to take a breather? I think earnings haven't sort of, you know, impressed as much as many investors would probably have liked. And I think that's why we're seeing some of those breaks go on, particularly in the US. So that's my worry for NVIDIA going into earnings. Um, I think any weakness there that we do see, maybe any uh, poor guidance, um, anything that doesn't maybe come in line after those AMD results, I think it, I think it would have a you know pretty big impact you know, on the on the stock as well. Um, going back to sort of those AMD results and what we sort of saw were the the focal points there. Well, it was PC and gaming demand um, that sort of really weakened from their sort of peak. Um, I think that's going to be a, a focal point there. But I think the, the key is just going to be that resilience from NVIDIA. And if the numbers can show signs of demand starting to recover, are we starting to see that come back through when obviously we had 
we, we've started to see, as I say, that PC and gaming demand drop off for their chips. Are we going to start to see that that coming back through? I, I do think gaming revenue will be will be quite key, especially the outlook uh, for NVIDIA. We, we had some we spoke, I think we might have spoke about it on the podcast, but Activision, they had some really strong results coming in. Obviously, they've still got that pending acquisition of, of Microsoft as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've started to see some good results there. So I would like that to sort of try and um, to, to shine through in NVIDIA's results, although Activision obviously have a much broader um, sort of revenue stream in terms of actual games, et cetera, um, not necessarily the hardware. I would still expect that to come through. But I think the focal point and the main conversation that we've probably had so far in 2023, 2023, sorry, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's AI, right? You know, AI, chat GPT, it's the focal point. And NVIDIA is in a fantastic position to benefit there. Um, so I'd expect some communication on the earnings call around that, about the outlook and, and what demand, uh, you know, has looked like in, in that sense. Microsoft. Uh, which, as we know, has sort of been the, the leader of pumping billions into to sort of chat GPT, um, into its creator, which was OpenAI at the start of this year. Interestingly, some might not know, but they already partnered with NVIDIA in November um, to build a massive computer to help enterprises train, deploy and scale AI. Um, so that's pretty big. NVIDIA are leading this charge here. And um, I think they're the market leader in graphic chips designed for complex computing tasks such as AI. So they're in a great position to benefit here. So I'm sure without a doubt, we're going to see some conversation around that on the call. uh, And that's going to be perfect for the outlook as we sort of head in um, to obviously the rest of the year and particularly obviously the quarter we're in at the moment, how much demand did we see for AI in the current quarter? Um, There is still a little bit of uncertainty over its exports to China. So I think that's something for investors to watch closely as well. But I think it seems for now that they have they found a workaround with a modified chip to to sort of get through the export restrictions in order to sell to China. Um, but look, yeah, as you say, great start to the year. Any weakness in earnings, um, any sort of you know slip up on guidance, I would expect to see some weakness uh, in the share price. But again, this is a, this is a stock that I think is is really going to be right at the front of this AI transition uh, and right at the front of, of obviously everything chips and and pretty much our everyday lives that, that we that we use from from phones to computers and it's not going to change I don't think in in the short term. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look at the the chart just while you're you're speaking there and as I mentioned, people listen to this all throughout the week and weeks actually. So you know, if I was to fast forward to Friday's close, what would I want to see personally from NVIDIA share price wise if I was bullish? Well, you want it to clean 230, which is a historic resistance level, not just from a few days ago, but also at some point in, in the years gone by or a couple of years gone by. So really key level there. Support wise, you want it to stay at above 187. Good interaction around there. Again, a multi-tested resistance slash what would now be support level targets to the upside 255 big resistance and to the downside 150 those are the key the four key levels two above two below anything in between 230 187 personally for me i'll probably leave alone but we'll wait and see how that um earnings report is digested by investors in um we in uh in aftermarket close on on wednesday um our final subject then as people split Meta Verified. So on Sunday, Mark Zuckerberg announced that Meta will launch a paid subscription service that allows Facebook 
and Instagram users to verify the accounts for, for up to $14.99 a month. Now, for me, I like the sound of that, uh, as I have some impersonators. And actually, I just found another one, this time on Twitter today, which is annoying. Uh, the ones that I have on Instagram, you know, it got to a point where when I was living back at home, up between sort of selling houses, buying houses, I um, was in one of my living room or what, in the living room. My mum came in and was like, why are you asking me how my how work is going? I was like, mum, <laughs> it's not me. It's like one of these fake accounts. Um, so it shows how easy people can get scammed. So do be careful. Uh, and I will never message anyone uh, about selling anything, of course. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I like the sound of that. However, people are like, why should I pay for that privilege? You know, Twitter and Snap have created similar features in in recent uh, months you know but Josh how, how do you see this you know firstly from a business perspective is this going to excite investors or could it go the other way and, and put people off well firstly I'd like to say it looks like Mr Zuckerberg is taking a page from Mr Elon Musk's he Twitter does. Playbook here, doesn't he meta verified mm-hmm. um uh, maybe that's a that's a that's a rivalry rivalry I'd like to to keep uh keep an eye on on this yes. uh, on this podcast maybe uh-huh. we could get both of them on and we oh, i love that have a <laughs> break the never internet gonna, it's never gonna happen um but as you said sam i think it's a good feature mm. um should you have to pay for it probably not no. um but they are wanting to generate revenues wherever possible um reality labs is costing them billions of dollars um so they need to make some money somewhere so i i I can understand it and i think the main target here is going to be content creators that you know it can enable them to expand communities give direct access to say community support and as you said stop that impersonation uh and it gives that sort of protection there as well and i think that is really important because you know i have a a friend here who, who runs a a crypto firm and you know he was messaging some of my friends the other day um you know asking them to send him bitcoin and things like that so you know unfortunately i think our generation i should say fortunately our generation are you know probably hopefully a little bit more switched on but it, it is as you say probably our mums and dads of the generation mm. that are being targeted for this so i think it is really important um from the business perspective it is another revenue stream as i say outside of advertising will people use it i think they will uh, I think that's definitely going to happen, but in what capacity? That's the that's the big question mark. In, in what capacity will, are we going to see this adopted? We had revenue f- in 2022 was 116 billion for for Meta. So yearly, I think if we what was it 40, 99, 12 months, we're looking at 180 bucks, you know, per person. Two billion daily active users. Let's just say. 0.05 percent of mm. those two billion were to take this on we're looking at around you know a million people that's gonna be a revenue of about 180 million a year so grand scheme of things for meta it's not a lot but also you know there's it, probably not gonna be a lot of cost to this either you know it's probably gonna be pretty much 100 percent profit or very close to it so that's you know a way to bring up profitability but then if we, you know, change those numbers a little bit, maybe if we're given a negative and our maybe a bit of a bull case here, um, if we change that to half a percent, so 0.5% of 2 billion, then we've got 10 million. Then that number then quickly goes to 1.8 billion. So there's potential there, right? That 1.8 billion is, if that's pure profit, well, you know, in, in a yearly period, again, that maybe is going to take 
two, three, four years to implement, but that's going to offset quite a few losses that they're making from say reality labs. And that venture then doesn't maybe look as a, you know, as, as adventurous as it once has. So I think there is potential there, but I'm not sure on the overall impact of the business. I'm not going to be running to, to buy this stock because they've introduced this, but I think it does make sense to introduce another line of revenue with advertising weakness uh, that we are starting to see. It's evident. Um, but as you say, the risk here is that it does push users away. Do users really want to pay? If there is a backlash, do we then see uh, you know, a drop in, in active users? That could be the worst case scenario, but could we see that move away? I did see when, obviously, uh, I think Musk introduced Twitter Blue and he turned off 2FA for, and you could only get 2FA if you were paying for it. There was a lot of backlash on that as well. Why mm-hmm. should I have to pay? for my safety and security should should that really be a pay for feature i'm not sure it should i think you know just ultimately being able to verify your account with a government id should be enough to have your account verified you shouldn't need to to sort of pay for that Uh, but again this is a business move this is a business perspective we're talking about stocks here not how we feel personally and as i say people are going to adopt this it will be something i think that will be a revenue driver and will help uh, you know, margins ultimately in in sort of three to four years, I think it can quite easily get to 0.5% of users on a verified plan. Um, but let's see, let's see, like I say, that's ball case. Um, but, but I think it could have some backlash, but ultimately I think people get over those types of things pretty quickly and, and investors should be just happy that there's a diversification of a revenue stream. Um, nothing to write home about, but I, I think it, it's it's good to see that they are, you know, diversifying revenue, uh, anyhow. One to watch, one to watch. Let us know in the comments, actually. Like it, hate it, don't care. Um, <laughs> we'll go to our quiz question next anyway, which I'm sure you all do really care about. So of the G20 countries, of the last reported inflation reading, which will vary obviously country to country, um, which country had the highest um I, do you know what? I, I I think a lot of people, if, if you know the countries in the G20. Mm, that's the tough part, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to name all 20. I think if people know the G20 countries, they're going to get very close with this. Do, do you do you want to have a guess, Josh, or, or do you know? Or To be frank, I, I can't sit here and say I know every G20 country, but mm. I would like to say it's probably going to be something. I think we, I'm sure we have Indonesia and I'm sure we have Argentina. I think it's going to be one of those two probably. So in, in third place for interest rate in the G20, 11% is Mexico, 13.75% is Brazil, 75% for Argentina, Yeah, which is mental. And, and the reason being their inflation rate is 98.8%. Yeah, so they've got to yeah. try and, and bring that down. I will tell you how I know that actually because well, I don't actually I, I had a good guess at it, it was because uh shout out to uh, my boss Luciano uh, he's uh, Argentinian himself recently went back and basically just said that you know family would wake up and they would go to the shop and suddenly your loaf of bread was double the price from what it was yesterday um you know it's and the, you know there's a very delicate economic situation going on over there but yeah that is that is some crazy numbers yeah mental does Bitcoin fix that I'll leave that for other people to ponder on in Salvador. In the yes, in the uh, in the next week or two. Josh, we'll wrap it there. As always, thank you very much. Um, and people do remember to like, share, subscribe, comment, 
all of that stuff helps massively. But Josh, thank you very much. Thanks everyone for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Trade safely. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.